0: From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. The abortion battles, which have seen conservative states moving to restrict the procedure, while liberal ones have taken steps to guarantee and expand access, have now moved to Congress. House Democrats are attacking President Donald Trump's anti-abortion policies. In bills to fund government agencies. The disputes over the bills threaten another government shutdown later this year if lawmakers and Trump can't resolve them. I'm here today with CQ reporter Sandia Rahman, who is tracking the debate. Welcome, Sandia. Hi. So, Sandia, this got heated in the House Rules Committee this week. You had Florida Republican Ross Spano complaining about the bill's abortion provisions. The legislation before us not only strips pro-life provisions, but it includes language that, in fact, undermines efforts to promote life. Then you had California Democrat Norma Torres castigating her Republican colleagues in very colorful language.
1: It is tiring to hear from so many sex-starved males. On this floor, talk about a woman's right to choose.
0: So Sandia, Torres actually there, broke some house rules, right? And she had to basically take back what she'd said, or rephrase.
1: Yeah, you can't speak out against other members while you're in, in a meeting like that. So they let her take back her comments, but it still caused a big kind of ruckus because this is a very heated issue for not only Congress, but across the nation for people.
0: So Sandia, can you describe for our listeners the this, the passion coming to this debate on Capitol Hill? I mean, you had the, the chairwoman of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, Pramila Jayapal from Seattle, Washington, this week announced that she had had an abortion. What's it like up there on the Hill? I mean, is this something, how caustic is this debate?
1: I think it it has always been a hot button issue for people on Capitol Hill, and it is just increasing, especially, I think, in the past year and with the split uh, of the House and the Senate. A lot of these uh, new Democratic women are super passionate about uh, abortion rights and access to contraception and these kinds of issues. And you can really see that being like amplified. I mean, with Jayapal announcing that she herself had had an abortion and you know why abortion access is so important.
0: Right. It's really personalizing yeah. the issue. And I think contrasting with uh, a lot of progressives' anger seeing these southern state legislatures dominated by men uh, legislating in this area.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a stark contrast. Um, So a big issue here is that the women here know that some of the state laws being passed in some of these states that we've seen so far, their main goal isn't to have just that law. It's to have that law be challenged and appealed and go to the Supreme Court and challenge Roe v. Wade in the hopes of with possibly overturning the law that's been the law since 1973.
0: And what was the end result policy-wise coming out of the Rule C- Rules Committee and these provisions um, in the uh, the pending appropriations bills?
1: Well, since the House is Democratic-controlled, they have the majority. The provisions that Republicans wanted to keep in there um, have been removed with the exception of language that would kind of change how the Hyde mem- Amendment is in the bill.
0: OK, so let's stop there. Yeah. First, let's go. What are these provisions that uh, the Democrats want in this? This is a four-bill four, four bill package of appropriations bills. It's, it funds a bunch of different government agencies, but it has these riders in it that, that would restrict Trump administration policies. What are those?
1: So there are three main Trump policies that um, Democrats are trying to kind of override in this package through appropriations riders. The first is kind of a kind of a foreign policy policy where uh, the government is restricting funding to foreign organizations that support abortion in any way. It's called the Mexico City policy so that's the first one
0: Democrats want to get rid of that Yes
1: Democrats want to get rid of that um, and the second two are just rules that the Trump administration has proposed but that haven't gone into effect yet because of litigation from Democrat attorney generals and advocacy groups. So the first would restrict funding to groups like Planned Parenthood and other health providers that refer for abortion, provide abortion, even if they're not using federal funds for abortion. And the second uh, of those rules would place a lot of different restrictions. Um, It would expand what could be a, a healthcare provider could object to under a broad, like, amount of what is considered a religious objection. If they fail that it violates their religious rights, then they could say, I don't want to perform that action.
0: Trump wants to allow sort yeah, of so a conscience has... clause protection yeah. for healthcare workers who say, I, I object to this procedure. I don't want to be involved with it. Yeah, And the Democrats say no.
1: The Democrats are worried that that could lead to a lot less abortion access and other types of reproductive health care. Yeah.
0: OK, so these these provisions, even if they get into the House bill and pass the full House, they'd still have to get through the GOP-controlled Senate. They still have to get Donald Trump's signature. I'm guessing the prognosis for that is not good.
1: It's basically impossible at this point already. The Senate has been proposing kind of the opposite of some of these uh, kind of rules in their chamber. Uh, Mitch McConnell has said recently that he wants to have a vote on something related to Planned Parenthood. He hasn't specified what, but likely to restrict funding. Um, So kind of the opposite of what the House is trying to do.
0: And Mitch McConnell, he's the Senate majority leader from Kentucky. So it seems like they're set up for a confrontation at some point this year. They'll have to make these decisions before the end of September, when the fiscal year runs out, or, or pass extensions to current government funding. Um, you mentioned the Hyde Amendment mm-hmm. earlier, and you had Joe Biden, who's the Democratic front runner for president this month, reverse his long standing position supporting the Hyde Amendment. If I believe health care is a right, as I do, I can no longer support an amendment that makes that right dependent on someone's zip code. This is another appropriations provision that bars federal funding of abortion service. It's been the law of the land for years. But Democratic activists condemn Biden, and he pretty quickly flipped. Interestingly, though, this is not one of the provisions Democrats in the House are trying to reverse through this year's spending bills, or are they?
1: They're they're not putting it in this year's spending bills. I think Democrats are in kind of a tough spot because they don't even know that they would necessarily have all the votes For passing something like even in the house even in the house uh democrats are a little split on this issue and um as you can see with like joe biden or or other democrats so it is tricky because even if they approve of abortion in some circumstances hyde would you know allow it to be federally funded under a lot more circumstances and that makes it trickier
0: okay very interesting Yeah. yeah um so clearly there's a lot of people taking principled stands here they feel uh you know, on both sides of the issue feel strongly about it, but there's also politics involved no I mean both sides want to activate passionate voters on the issue going into the elections next year.
1: yeah, so that's kind of the reason for a lot of these bills and why they're being brought up here on the national level and on the state level is that it's messaging for their base abortion is a is a hot issue for voters it it mobilizes them you know if a candidate feels one way or the other uh, a voter may be more or less likely to vote for them just based on that. And it's really an important issue ahead of next year for, for a lot of voters. So
0: Right. So, I mean, a lot of this is symbolic stuff going on Congress in Congress. And that, that's surely part of what's going on in the states, too. I mean, I'm sure our listeners have heard a lot about the, the conservative states who've been taking steps to very severely restrict abortion. For example, Alabama basically banning abortion um, earlier this spring and Georgia passing a heartbeat law that would ban abortion after about six weeks. Um, what It's expected that these will be struck, though, in lower courts, right, that they'll never go into effect. So
1: none of these are likely to go into effect. From every legal scholar that I've kind of talked to on both sides, do not expect these specific laws to go into effect because as it stands, they violate Roe v. Wade, um, just point out. So
0: right. Unless, and there's a history here where states have taken very restrictive steps and lower courts following Roe versus Wade, uh, the the rule of stare decisis, respecting precedent, have struck them down. I mean, that's the history here.
1: Yeah. A lower court just wouldn't be able to to enforce something like this. And all these laws are getting challenged by different advocacy groups and Democrats in those states. It would need to be the Supreme Court that would have to decide whether or not one of these could go into effect.
0: And that's what they're thinking here. I mean, there's two new Supreme Court justices. uh, Anthony Kennedy, who had been kind of the bulwark upholding Roe versus Wade, is gone. We don't know where the two new justices, uh, Neil Gorsuch and um, Brett Kavanaugh, stand. But conservatives are hoping they'll be the votes to overturn Roe versus Wade.
1: Yeah, I mean, even before either of them were confirmed uh, by the Senate, they'd had a lot of uh, support from a lot of the big anti-abortion groups hoping, based on like, the full different parts of their records, that they would be the ones to kind of at least chip away or fully overturn Roe v. Wade.
0: But I've been hearing, too, that a lot of uh, abortion rights activists are really less concerned that they would take that radical step you know, in the next year or two and more concerned that the change on the Supreme Court will allow restrictive laws, incremental laws, you know, waiting periods and requirements for ultrasounds and things like that, that more of those will find their way into law and will chip away at abortion rights.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that definitely could happen. The Supreme Court has been very selective, especially with cases related to abortion, about which ones that they're going to take up. They have had different cases appeal to them so far, and they haven't taken them up. So I think the concern is that the Supreme Court could take up something eventually that they think that they might have the votes to kind of chip away in the way that you kind of said something like a a ban on 18 weeks of pregnancy or 20 weeks of pregnancy rather than the stricter bans that we're seeing like Georgia and Alabama.
0: Right. Okay. well, we'll be looking forward to your future reports on this, Sandia. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to the producer of this show, Tula Vlahu. You can subscribe to this and other CQ Roll Call podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us. For more on this and other stories, please visit rollcall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at Roll Call.